but it does take you into that dream state. You know, it, it, you go back and forth from like terror to like love, beauty, innocence. Before it was produced, he he was despairing that it would never reach the stage because of the false starts at uh, Majinski and at Kirov. And so finally it was staged in Czechoslovakia. When it came back, by the time it came back to the Soviet Union, uh, he had already done the orchestral score because he thought it's never going to reach the stage. But then it did, and it was a sensation. That's right. It was it was not the huge success at first. It really kind of took a few years to, yes. to yeah. really get off the yeah. ground. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the and the, there's so much about the piece that's, it, it's unusual, I suppose, put this on a, like a film one, though people have used it in the music in, in movies because the, the way it's scored, you know, at times it's just so elegant and beautiful. And then there's times when you're like, what, what were you thinking? What's going on here? And uh, just really harsh. Doug Bianchi and Tony uh, Wing, my cousin, from um, <laughs> the, the International Symphony Orchestra talking about Prokofiev and uh, Nino Rota and from a kind of an epic score to like just a beautiful, so many beautiful, delicate moments. And one of my favorite Elmer Bernstein scores. And sometimes I forget about this one because, you know, he wrote so many. Right. And, yeah. you know, there's just these incredibly tender moments in the film, To Kill a Mockingbird, thanks to Elmer Bernstein. Yeah. Something like 150 film scores. Yeah. In his canon. He's yeah. quite prolific. I watched the film not too long ago, and I can still remember in high school watching it with my friends, you know, it was part of an English class or something, and we all thought, you know, I grew up, I want to be a dad, just like Atticus. I want to be like, you know, you can only fail. You know, that was his, Gregory Peck, and right. that part, just perfect. Man, um, but the, uh, the, I mean, the music is just so evocative. And, you know, as soon as we started to do it, you, you, you can't help but the film going on in, in your head. Another great American film score is the Corn Gold. You're going to play some Seahawk. Yeah, you're going to open the concert. Yeah, that that's oh, fun. perfect that's opening. Fun. Yeah, you know, you know, it's very much of its era. But an influence on uh, this era, arguably uh, uh, the principal influence of John Williams, the uh, symphonic approach uh, to action, uh, came directly from Korngold, and he has credited him with with being an inspiration when he when he was doing Star Wars and uh, beyond. Tell me about the new score for a Canadian film. Uh, the concert will conclude uh, with um, uh, with a selection which very much marks on uh, the evolution in the growth of the, of the International Symphony uh, because we're going to feature the work of a Sarnia-born composer, Sarnia on, on, on Ontario, which is the Canadian side of our operations. Her name is Erica Procunier, born and raised. In fact, two of her music instructors in high school will be performing with the orchestra on the, for these concerts. Uh, she went on to become uh, the composer largely of soundtracks and uh, some video games, and but she really... She really hit her um, 
a pay dirt of her career uh, when she began to score Thomas the Tank Engine uh, episodes in Canada. Uh, well, she did the score for a three-part series, sort of a National Geographic approach called Great Lakes Untamed. And uh, it is quite stunning visually, the series. It uh, ran on TVO in Canada and, and the Smithsonian Network in the States. Uh, so uh, the, uh, we uh, commissioned an orchestral arrangement, um, sort of an amalgam of three episodes. At the movies, Douglas Bianchi conducts the International Symphony Orchestra. Anthony Wing is the executive director. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.